you are now locked in and listening to The Issue. This guy is a franchise quarterback, and no, I don't want to hear any pushback on that. It feels like a top 10 roster to me. It feels like it can win a championship. This is The Issue. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is The Issue. It is Thursday, February 23rd, and we have another episode of The Issue here for you today. Pretty good one. So we have a big rant to start. We have, we're comparing, (laughs) crazy comparison that we saw online, Um, a pretty reputable source, and comparing Patrick Mahomes to Jalen Hurts um, definitely raised some eyebrows. The comment section, if you didn't look, was... Pretty hysterical. So we're going to get it, to that first. I, I didn't look. Was it in my favor? Because you know my stance on this. Yes, it was in your favor. Um, so we actually might be with the majority here. Doesn't happen all that often. But then we're going to finish out the first segment with hits and misses like we normally do. And then we will be getting into a game called Park the Car. If you want to explain a little bit about that, you brought that one today. Well, yeah. Everyone's asking, where's Derek Carr going to go? Where do you think he's going? Um, so we're going to take, I don't know, probably the top six or seven possible uh, possible places, rank them, do a little, do a little one through five, uh, or I guess not even rank them, but give them a rating, yeah. one through five, five being that seems like the best fit to me, and one, like, that doesn't make a ton of sense. Like, I'll, I'll tell you right now, New Orleans doesn't make a ton of sense for me. I think they should kind of just start over. They, they refuse to acknowledge and have for the past, like, four years that they're $100 million over the cap, but it's yeah. fine. Uh, and then we will have the news to finish up segment number two there. And then in the third segment, we have a little bit of, uh, I guess, college football-ish. Uh, will Levis, and he's kind of predicting about uh, what he's going to end up doing, where he'll get drafted, um, and, and kind of the projection of his career. I think we kind of have two opposing viewpoints on it, but I'm not so far on the other side. You'll see that. Uh, to start the third segment. And then to finish the show, we will have this or that NFL wide receivers. So uh, a lot to get to today. No, no. So you did, you mentioned, you know, I was scrolling Instagram reels or whatever. I saw Adam Brenneman. I uh, love his content, by the way. So he's a former tight end uh, at Penn State, UMass. Um, he's just churning out content now. Love it, right? But with that being said, I got to push back on the one video I saw, right? absolutely point blank and it was insane it was absurd he starts off by saying well Jalen Hurts he outplayed Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl I I'm not 100% sure about that but I mean at least there's an argument for it he was better statistically for sure I thought he made more good throws I'll give you that I think what Mahomes did in the second half and especially the fourth quarter makes it a closer debate than what most people want to admit but I'll let it slide right there's a there's a good argument for for that point Okay, so Jalen outplayed Patrick. Great, that's fine. In one game, it's fine. But then he goes out to make the most blasphemous statement that I have ever heard in the entirety of my lifetime. He says that right now, if he was a general manager, he would take Jalen Hurts for Patrick Mahomes. And he doesn't stop there, right? Because that's, you know, that's, that's an opinion thing. That's fine. He could argue that till you die or whatever. But then he says that he thinks most, keyword, most NFL GMs would agree. Okay. Okay, we gotta we gotta take a goddamn breather here. That's utterly ridiculous. Do we understand how ridiculous that is, right? Like, I get it. I'm in this content business thing, right? Sometimes I'll stay, you know, I'll exaggerate a little bit to make it flow a little bit better, to make it sound better here, to appeal to this audience, right? That's kind of part of the game, right? Most of the time, I would say 99% of the things I say are 100% accurate. Every now and then, you bend it a little bit to make it flow. Right, that's kind of how it goes, to 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 get a couple extra clicks. I mean, I get it. That's normal. This this is this is a jump, a leap. That's not normal. This is not a normal leap, a normal exaggeration. This is downright categorically false. Join me on this three pronged attack to down this argument because I can't stand it. I I I can't let it stand any longer. Prong number one here: Patrick Mahomes is significantly better when it is required. It's actually a Brand Staley quote. Brand Staley phrase that he uses all the time, talking about Justin Herbert usually, but he said, he always says he gives his greatest when greatness was required most, right? And that is pretty true of Herbert most of the time. I would also say it could not be more true of anyone but Patrick Mahomes. So what does that mean, really? That means on crucial downs and crucial spots against the best teams in the biggest moments, Patrick Mahomes is far and away the best quarterback. Right now in the game, you could argue of all time. 
let's start with just playoffs, shall we? I think that's a pretty important place. That's pretty important. If I'm going to build a franchise, I want some success, right? Right now, you could argue Lamar Jackson in the regular season, he wins like 82% of his games when he starts, that he'd be the best quarterback to go with. Yeah, but in the playoffs, kind of tapers off, kind of gets hurt a little bit, right? So Patrick averages about 292 yards per game, five touchdowns to one interception, touchdown to pick ratio. I think it's like 35 to 7 all time. 107 pass rating. For reference, if he averaged that for a career, he'd be legitimately far and away the best quarterback of all time. Wouldn't even be close. Oh, by the way, he does. How about Jalen? Jalen, Jalen had a pretty good run, huh? Wrong. Averages 209 yards per game. Four touchdowns total to two interceptions. 85 pass rating. I don't want want to hear, oh, Jalen runs. I didn't include Patrick's running stats either. Oh, oh, it's not that important when Patrick runs? Ask Philly fans about the Super Bowl if it was important or significant when Patrick ran. Or go out and ask the Titans fans from two years ago if it was significant or important how much Patrick ran. So I don't don't want to hear, oh, the running stats. No, no, no. I didn't include him for either quarterback. Because at the end of the day, you got to win throwing the football, especially in the playoffs. Yeah, I think it was, you know, I think, I, think, I don't even think it's close to say the Patrick. That, that, that's not even a big argument, to be honest with you. Oh, how, how about how about third down? Right, that's the money-making down. Oh, yeah, Patrick completes 63% of his throws, averages almost 10 yards per, per play, 58 touchdowns, 20 picks, pass rating of 110. Oh, no, he's, he's better on third down, pass rating of 110 than he is regularly. Oh, that's interesting. How about Jalen? <laughs> nope. Completes 55% of his throws. Averages just 8 yards per play. 10 touchdowns, 8 picks. Pass rating of 81. 81. 81. That's like left-handed Jared Goff bad. That's awful. That's Matt Ryan this year. That's Matt Ryan. Let me let me, let me me try to put it into perspective with a young quarterback because, you know, we're building a team around this person. You're a GM. You're t- taking him to start. That's like me saying, mm, let me start my franchise with Davis Mills. That's the stats right there. It's laughable. I will now rest my case on point number one. Point number two. Well, well, Jalen must be really good against against the good teams, against the winning teams, right? They always seem to win those games. Well, no, you'd be wrong again there. And we'll even get away from, from stats here. If I went into stats against winning teams, it wouldn't even be close. My home's significantly better. I won't bore you with those, though. We'll just stay with team stats, the important ones, wins and losses. We'll go black and white, boil it down. Who wins more against winning teams? Well, that's interesting. I'm looking at Jalen Hurts right now. He's played an exact 16-game season. I know the season's 17, but we all in our head still think of a 16-game season. Jalen's 7-9. He's a sub-500 quarterback. Well, how about Patrick? Well, he's got a little over two seasons, and he's oh, he's 24-13. That's a roughly a 12-5, 12-6, if you include a playoff loss type season. Huh. That's interesting. I rest my case on point two. Point number three. I, I would imagine Patrick has has better help, right? Well, I mean, he must be throwing it just, just all-stars around the board, huh? Must just have a fortress up front, dirty running game, just at best defense in the league. Nah, you'd be wrong again there. Nah. On the top, like, nine contributors on the offense, including the offensive line and the weapons, the Chiefs spent $48 million this year. Hmm, same amount of players, the, the top nine, including offensive linemen for the Eagles. Now they spent $51 million. I know it's only a $3 million difference, but again, it's about the same. And Patrick did, oh, I don't know, significantly better. Patrick had his offensive line completely rebuilt in two years. How about they just said, hey, there's your best receiver. I know he makes your job super easy. He's actually going to head down to Miami. And no, 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 hear me out, hear me out. We'll give you Marquez Valdez scaling. Oh, oh, and and TikTok boy Juju Smith-Schuster. And he said, Mm, yeah, okay, I can work with that. That's fine. Not only did he work with it, he made them Super Bowl champions. Super Bowl champions. Oh, and by the way, his defense was, I don't know, like I think 15th or something like that. The Eagles was, what, what was that again? Oh, that's right. That's I forgot. The best in the league. That's, that's I, I completely, record setting, some might say. Hmm, it's interesting. No, 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 but, but you're right. You're right, you're right. No, 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 Jalen Hurts with... With more help and, and you know, can run the ball. I w- I'll give you that. Jalen can run the ball better. So Jalen can run the ball better. He's got, he's got some more help from, you know, teammates around him. He's got he's to be better, right? we we got to be able to pick him. No. He's 
worse in the playoffs. He's worse on third down. Worse against good teams. I mean, what, what else do you need to look at? Is that I mean, if we're playing, if we're playing the comfort game, if it's if it's all about well, well actually, from a clean pocket, Jalen throws just as good as Patrick. Yeah, so does Jared Goff. But nobody's arguing, should we start our franchise with Jared Goff or Patrick Mahomes? Go look at Kirk Cousins from a clean pocket. His pass rating's like 120. Yeah, obviously. Give me a clean pocket. I'll stand there and pick some people apart. I got a wing. Like, come on. Like, that, that's not even a conversation. Well, well, technically, if this and if that. No, no, that's the thing. That's the thing about Patrick is that none of that matters. None of it matters. There is no if that, there's no if this, there's no, well, what about that? And, and if we take away this, no, it's, hey, you have one leg, you're throwing to backups, your offensive line's not very good because we have had to rebuild it. Go win Super Bowl, kid. Go win Super Bowl. And he goes, mm, yeah, okay, got it, yeah. That's, that, that's the difference. No, no, oh, well, if Jalen didn't turn it over, oh, but he did. But he did, and here's the thing, it wasn't even forced. He just dropped it. So we can play the if, you know, the what-if game all day long, but it's just ridiculous. To say that Jalen Hurts would be who you would start your franchise with today over Patrick Mahomes is utterly ridiculous. And I like Jalen. He's a top-seven quarterback in my eyes. I'd take him over the rest of the league outside of that top. I'd I'd put Jalen at six or seven. And outside of the guys above him, I would take him over any other guy. Lamar, yeah, I'd take him over Lamar. Deshaun, easily. I like Kenny Pickett. I'd take him over Kenny tomorrow. It's not even close. But to say Mahomes, that's a different level. I won't tolerate it. No, it's it's about the big moments. It's about when you have the cards stacked against you, are you going to perform? Patrick does it every single time. Every time. And it's he, it's it's amazing to watch. He raises his play, yeah. which is it's just ridiculous. 13 whole, seconds, no timeouts. How many yards? Like uh, somewhere around 90-ish. It's it's not even it's not even close. It's not even close. No. Um, yeah, I, I talked about Jared Goff. He's actually uh, he's the topic here for hit number one. So let's go ahead and get into hits and misses. Hit number one here. So <clears throat> I find it quite hilarious when people people want to bang on Jared Goff. Um, I distinctly remember who 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 said Jared Goff's going to be good this year. That's right, we did. Yeah, we called that one. Who threw for almost thirty touchdowns this year in freaking Detroit? That's right. Jared Goff did. I was right. He was a pro bowler. And people want to say, oh, but the NFC's weak. Okay, but he deserved to be a pro bowler. I'm sorry. 29 touchdowns, but he had like seven picks. Yeah. He had a QBR or a pass rating or whatever in the high 90s. Um, led in a really bad, that's a bad franchise to a winning record. Just missed the playoffs. I mean, that's that's a that's a damn good season. Good for Jared Goff. Yeah. Um, I'll take no Jared Goff slander up in here. Now, none. None now, of it. Now, with all the instability, turbulence in Green Bay, right and it can minnesota win all those one like possession games again they went 11 and 0 in this past season i don't think they will is it crazy to say that now with building talent a very competent quarterback in jared goff great coaching that the lions could be vying for the nfc north title at least at least the division I don't think it's crazy. I, I think at least a wild card in that in that uh, in the NFC is is a no brainer. Yeah, it's a no brainer. All right, miss number one here. I, I said I'd pay Daniel Jones and I'd probably resign him for like. I think we had this discussion. If I could get him for three years at like twenty seven to thirty million a year, that'd be a good I'd price. Probably, tag. I'd probably be okay with it. Uh, <laughs> reports out today, hold back forty five million dollars is what he wants. That's what he's asking mi- for. He's asking for forty five million dollars. Isn't Mahomes making fifty this year? Mahomes making like 46. I don't get it. I'm literally cracking up. I don't get it. What does he think he is? Does he have some sort of like mental complex? Does no, he think I, he's like the best quarterback in the league? At this point, I probably wouldn't even sign him at all because clearly he's delusional and I can't have somebody that's delusional running my franchise. That sounds like a mental health concern at that point. You are in the NFL. You know what the people around you are making and what their skill level is at. Just because quarterback contracts have been like progressively going up doesn't mean that Daniel Jones garners $45 million. Daniel Jones will never garner $45 million. I don't care. That's just... If you're... It reminds me of like a situation where like you're mad at somebody and then you're like, you know, like Daniel Jones sucked, right? You, you, we were mad at him. He was awful. And then you, you, he, you're like kind of fixing it, right? Daniel Jones is good. You're like, yeah. okay, okay. Well, we're at least back to here. And they're like, no, 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 no. 
we're here. And we're like, dude, now now you ruined it. You completely yeah. ruined it. Now we're back to square one. It's almost like uh, in Shark Tank, when they come in, they ask for like a crazy uh, crazy valuation on the business. Yeah. It just, they never get past that point. No. Um, it, it's like, dude, you can't put this insane value on yourself that there's, you think that you're worth $45 million a year. There's no going back now. No, you said it. You sounded like an idiot in front of everybody. And it, to, to be fair, that's the New York market that you sounded like an idiot in front of. So good luck living that one down. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be good. All right, hit number two here. I remember when I said when the Rams won it all, I said, be careful about bringing the whole band back together, right? Bringing, bringing back everybody, probably not a good idea, right? I, I said, mm, maybe Ramsey for a first this last offseason wouldn't have been a bad idea, right? Maybe yeah. instead of paying Aaron Donald massive top-of-the-market money. Maybe if he's aging and thinking about retirement, maybe you don't pay him that money. Right? If he's going to retire... Look, I like Aaron Donald. That's great. But you're going to pay him that much money. They have no depth. They have no depth, no draft capital. Their cap situation is screwed over the next couple years. I I, I don't know if Stafford stays. I don't know how long McVay's there. When you look at selling out for a championship, has anybody done it and fallen off faster with with less hope than the Rams have. I don't see a way out for them. No, it's uh, it's really tough because they have cemented themselves in this position now. Like, how do you like, dig your they... like, how do you dig your way out? So, so right now, I I don't think you can get a first Rams anymore. Could you get a second and a fifth? Hopefully, and if you could, I, I I'd would move do him it. for whatever you can. Yeah, he got burnt this year. I would take Cooper Cup. I would maybe if, if Stafford wants to stay. I would try to build around Stafford. I'd try to give him another year. Because when he's, he's healthy, he's really good. He's really good. Right, but he's expensive. He's expensive. If, if you're going through a whole rebuild. He's not, he's not even like a top seven cap hit right now, though. So, I mean, in the end of the day, like you got to count, count your blessings, right? So, I would take Cooper Cup, Matt Stafford. I'd start over everywhere else. Everywhere. Aaron Donald? No, I'd get rid of him. I'd, I'd take calls. I'd take calls on Aaron Donald. I know how good he is, but at, at his age and at his price, I would take calls. Honestly, it wouldn't be... It wouldn't be dumb for them to deal him in the next couple, I'd say the next two years. Plus, Well, you, they can still get a lot for him. They need, like, multiple B-plus players, not just one A-minus player. Yeah. And you could go get, you could flip him for maybe a, a, a B-player and a pick. Well, here's the you thing. you could get another B-player. Multiple B-plus players. Look at Cincinnati. It's not like they're... Cincinnati's not, defense is just filled with B-to-B-plus players. Just really good average guys that can get it done. Their best player might be an A-minus. I mean... They right, really Trey Hendrickson. Any, yeah, but they don't have like any big names like an Aaron Donald. But look, no, look, look not where really. they've gone. Not really. I agree with you. I agree. All right, miss number two here. I've been a pretty big Lamar supporter, right? I said, especially in the regular season. And I, I know people are like, well, what about the playoffs? At the end of the day, right, if you can get somebody that wins 80-something percent in the regular season, you, you got to count your blessings and hope he can string a couple along in a playoff run. If it's all about, well, he can't win in the playoffs, well, then then you're moving off quarterback every single year. So, and, and I said, he wins, he's productive, he gets better almost every year. But, God, the last year's just been so rough to be a Lamar fan. <laughs> I, I'm not, I, is he top 10 right now? I'm not sure. We have always, sure. We've always been hesitant to put him above because he we, yeah. has been, like, injury-riddled all the time. We've been super realistic about Lamar. I like him. I take him as my franchise quarterback tomorrow, probably, if I'm 80% of the league. But you have to understand... He's probably going to be expensive. He's going to get hurt a little bit. How sustainable is it? He has his limitations. If I could sign him for three to four years and guarantee not his entire contract, guarantee what if what if you guarantee eighty percent of it? Could I sleep at night? Probably. Okay, Would I do that? Yes. Am I going to sign an eight-year fully guaranteed contract? No, that's just ridiculous for a type give, of player. Give like me a that. percentage here. Percentage chance that he leaves Baltimore. Baltimore? Yeah. If think, Baltimore was smart, I'd say one hundred percent. Um. Oh. If Baltimore were smart, I think 100% they should. Uh, I'll go I, 62%. 62. So, 62%. Okay. I think it's over half that he leaves. Do you think he's fed up with it, too? Or do you think it's mostly all on the Ravens here? I think it's a little bit of both. No, see, like, here's the thing. If you're not willing to pay him big money for this year, you're not going to be inclined to put, to pay him big guaranteed money next year. And at that point, you run the risk of him getting hurt or having a bad year and you being able to get less from him. So there's no sense in dragging it along. Rip the Band-Aid off, make some calls, go get two firsts, two seconds, and a player for him. And, and move on. And Lamar has to be move able to. On. Lamar has to sit down and be able to have a really like deep, introspective look at himself this offseason. Because let's not like 
he knew that he was playing for the new contract this year. Yeah, 100%. He knew that this was the season that he had to prove Yeah, that he was worth something to be signed in Baltimore again. So, like, you can't go out and pull a Daniel Jones now and ask for, like, a ton of money. 45, he's already asking for a bunch guaranteed. I just, I don't know. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Hit no. number three here. Uh, I've always been a bigger fan of Sam Darnold's than I think most are. I, I think he's talented, and it just didn't pan out. But but either way, it doesn't matter. I remember when the Jets, when they were rumored to be moving off him for Zach Wilson, I yeah. said, isn't it kind of weird? Aren't they kind of moving off of, of, of Sam for a smaller version of Sam, right? So both of them have wild arm talents, can move outside the pocket, can make a lot of off-schedule throws. The problem is the on-schedule throws, the timing, and the reckless nature that They're they play off. with. They're off a little bit, yeah. They're, it's the same quarterback. Zach's just six one. Sam six four. Isn't it? It's the same. It's the same quarterback. Yeah. Uh, it always confused me. And of course, I mean, obviously, Zach had an awful season. We were spot on there, and they are almost certainly moving off from Derek Carr. Uh, who knows? Maybe he's going there. Aaron Rodgers, Lamar. Maybe that's an idea. A little bit of a trade package. Who knows? But either way, Zach Wilson's not the guy. No, not even close. Miss number three here, kind of hitting hitting close to home as a as a former baseball guy here. Uh, MLB implementing a pitch clock. Um, I just never thought they they throw a clock on the game. It just feels not in the spirit of the sport. I know that it's a it, you know it's a TV show at the end of the day. I get it, um, but it's 15 seconds with a runner on base now and 20 with or I'm that's sorry, quick, man. I'm sorry, 15 with nobody on base, 20 with a runner on that's, base. That's really quick. It limits. Uh, the amount of pickoffs you can do, you can only do two pickoffs per at bat. It just so so when you pick off, does the clock then reset? Yeah, yeah, the clock, clock the clock resets. Yeah. yeah, but two but two only two pickoffs like per the entire at bat. I just I don't like it at all. It, it starts to mess with like the ins and outs and the little small things and the and nuances within the game. Is it really worth it for t- twenty minutes a game saved? I I think it a much a more effective plan that they could have implemented was just shorten the damn season, short it down, drink it. I, I couldn't agree more. Make each game more valuable. Don't worry about each pitch. Don't make each pitch more valuable. You'll make each pitch more valuable by making the games more valuable. I couldn't agree more, guys. Don't go anywhere. We got pack the car on the other side of the break. We're gonna go over some of the potential landing spots for free agent quarterback Derek Carr. Don't go anywhere. Second segment on a Thursday, the 20, what, 23rd now 23rd, of February? yeah. Flying by. If you missed the first segment or if you're just watching this segment here, um, go back, watch the first one. Had a, I, you know what, I don't want to, I don't know, I don't want to brag, but it was a damn good rant. Yeah, it was I'm going to really say it. Rant. I'm going to say it. Yeah. Um, and I think it's going to be one that a lot of people agree with, too. So it's, it's going to be one. I think it's going to do well. Uh, then we had hits and misses per usual. Uh, this segment here will have... Park the car a little game on Derek Carr. Where is he going to land? And then, of course, the news um, in this segment per usual. Um, but, yeah, so park the car. You're going to give me, what do we have? One, two, three, four, five, six. Like seven NFL teams. Yeah, we the, got the, some landing spots. About the top seven in terms of uh, in terms of odds to land Derek Carr. You're going to give it to me. I'm going to rate how I feel it. Five being that feels like a really, a really good fit, probably the best fit. One being that that doesn't make any sense to me at all. I would not do that. Um, and this is looking at the whole picture, not just Derek's side, not just the team's side. So Yeah. All right, let's go park the cart. So first team, we got Tampa Bay. See, Tampa, I'm going to give it two. I don't feel great about, about Tampa. So now it was originally my pick for Derek Carr to go to Tampa. I thought more about it. They're going to be over the cap. Derek's not going to be very cheap. And the, and the thing is, it, does it not feel like it's time for them to rebuild, kind of move on, get capital? We can we can keep stretching this thing along, but in reality, if Brady can't make it work, who are we going to keep stretching this thing along for? Yeah, uh, Derek, I, I, like, can, can, is Derek going to make him that much better with Todd Bowles as head coach? I don't think so. No, I agree with you. I think that even from so from Derek's perspective, right? So if you're looking at it from his side, I don't think he's particularly interested in Tampa. I think they would be more interested in him. Yeah, because I think there's I better spots on here where he could go and have the chance to make an immediate flip. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a fair point. I think honestly, the main thing for me, the talent is 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 not too bad, right? Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, the coaching staff to me doesn't feel like that's the one to to kind of elevate Derek yeah. at this point in his career. So I I would say a two for Tampa. All right, how about the Carolina Panthers? So in the same division, for me, this feels like a slam dunk. This is a five. So and I think their weapons are underrated. I like DJ Moore. 
They can go out and draft another guy. They'll get a running back. I mean, they were running the ball fine without McCaffrey after they dealt him last year. They have a young tight end I like. The offensive line's improving. They have a real legit defense. And the main reason I think he actually works in Carolina is Frank Reich, the head coach. So uh, not only did Andrew Luck have his best season, Phillip Rivers had his best season under him, Carson Wentz had his best season. They all had their best season under Frank Reich. He knows how to work with quarterbacks. It makes too much sense for me. Go there with a great quarterback, or I'm sorry, a great quarterback coach, good weather. It's a nice place to live. I think that's yeah. something you have to think about at this stage in somebody's career. He's got a you know wife, family, all that. Nice place to live, good coach, good enough weapons, and they have plenty of capital and plenty of draft capital to yeah. go out and get more weapons for him. And that's a good point. You know, Derek Carr doesn't feel like a Vegas guy. He feels no. like he would fit in perfectly down there in, in North Carolina right there. Um the Carolina Panthers is a five. Uh, how about the New Orleans Saints? For me, this feels like a one. Kind of for the same reason uh, for Tampa. I, I think New Orleans, they can keep clinging on to this, you know, hey, you know, we're, we're a quarterback away, you know, since since Drew B's retired or even with Drew. We're one play, one game away from, from getting there, right? Yeah. They're not. They're not. You can keep pushing it off and mortgaging the future with your contracts. At some point, it's going to catch up to you. Let it catch up to you now. Suck for a year or two. Rebuild. Reboot. Let's go ahead and flip the roster. Let's get a shitload of picks. I, it doesn't seem. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense for me for them to get Derek Carr just to add to what? Get to nine wins? Yeah. To, um, get, to get to nine wins, maybe get a wild card spot. That Go rebuild. They go rebuild. Sh- and they shouldn't be nervous to rebuild either because they're not... The Saints aren't a franchise that when they go into that rebuild where they get stuck for 15 to 20 years, they're a pretty good well, franchise. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. think that they have the chance to turn it around rather quickly. I mean, you got to dump some contracts. you got to free up some money in a lot of places because they were one of the worst teams against the cap, what, two years ago? For the last, last like, year? five years probably. But, yeah, last year and two years ago, they were they were really, really tight up against the cap, yeah. All right, how about the New York Jets? Um, I'd, I'd go four there. I, I don't mind the Jets. I think one thing that, that Carr is going to be seeking is a good defense because he hasn't had a top 20 defense his entire time in Vegas. So he's going to be looking for a good defense. So for me, looking at it from Derek's perspective, hey, oh, I can finally go somewhere where I don't have to put up 35 points to win. And from the Jets' perspective, it's like we almost got to the playoffs with piss-poor quarterback play, <laughs> like like negative Value from the quarterback position. If you can just get league average, and I think Derek Carr is, I think he's above league above average. league average. I think he's about the tenth, twelfth best quarterback. Right around there, somewhere thirteenth maybe. Top half, top half of the league quarterback, right above average. Then they are going to be a significantly better team. Uh, so it makes sense on a lot of fronts for me. The only thing that doesn't make a whole lot of sense is, I mean, it's New York and. You're going to be putting your eggs in the New York, in the basket of the New York Jets. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, um, from like an organizational standpoint. But they've been improving the last couple of years. They got a good defense. That's it's not a bad move. All right, how about the Indianapolis Colts? Indy, I go three. It's it's okay. It's okay. It, it's a good third or fourth fourth choice for Derek. Um, I I don't mind their defense, but it's aging. It's getting expensive. Same thing with the offensive line. It's not very good at all. I think Matt Ryan, or whoever was starting, was the most sacked quarterback. I think it was the worst offensive line in the league last year. It was at least bottom three to five. Um, and they don't really have the skill players on the outside. But, again, decent defense. You get a young, bright head coach in Shane Steichen. Um, and then and then you get a good, really, really, really good running back in Jonathan Taylor so you don't have to carry the load. Um, so, it, But it's not higher because, like I said, not a whole lot of cap flexibility, not a whole lot of draft capital. I, It's okay. Okay. Uh, let's go Houston Texans then. That's a one. That's a one. That doesn't make a lot of sense for me at all. First of all, if you don't hit an absolute home run with, like, as Derek Carr, you go there, if you don't win 10 games, they're probably going to get rid of you anyway and try to trade up and, and, and take one of these really good quarterbacks next year anyway. Yeah. And, and and from Houston's perspective, why don't you just suck this year and go get Drake Mayer, Caleb Williams? Just do yeah. that. Just do Make it easier on everybody. Just start Davis Mills or Kyle Allen or whatever. Just suck, tank, and go get one of the top quarterbacks and become interesting again. It's just, yeah, it's really tough to sit here and say that even a Derek Carr, anybody those holes. No, they have so many other problems that are going on. Uh, like they say, when you're going to sell your house, 
don't just put a like coat of paint on it. I feel like yeah. Derek Carr would just be a like trying paint. to paint a yeah. house that's like half burned down, half caving in, and cracks in the foundation. Like you need to address the bigger issues first. I don't think Derek Carr is going to be the guy to help you figure that one out. See, one thing I always think about, right? The top about eight quarterbacks can go to a place and it doesn't really matter how bad it is. They're going to make them competitive like yeah. right away. Like Josh Allen, Herbert, Mahomes, Burrow, Hurts. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, right? Now, granted, he, it took him getting the right coach, but D'Amico Ryans will be a fine coach. All re- like Caleb Williams isn't even in the league. Does it not seem like as soon as he enters, he's already about a top eight to nine quarterback? I mean, let yeah. him let him solve that mess. Der- yeah. Derek Carr does not need any of that at no. this stage of his career. No, he doesn't. Uh, last team here. Let's go Washington Commanders. I, I'll give it a four, actually. So they go ahead and get Eric Bieniemy. I think who is a really, really smart offensive coordinator. Now we'll talk about the Bieniemy move. Uh, here in, in just a second. I don't love the move for him, but again, we'll talk about it in a second. For Derek, it makes a lot of sense. Really good offensive coach. He'll get a really strong defense. Nice skill players. Nice skill players. Curtis yeah. Samuel, Terry McLaurin, two good backs, a decent offensive line. It makes a lot of sense for him. And again, you're in the NFC, so you don't have to light the world on fire and you could still make the playoffs. Now, toughest division in the NFC, but at the end of the day, you got to go through Dak, which I like Dak. But you got to go through Dak, Daniel Jones, and Jalen Hurts. And right. Yeah. That's not that bad. It's not that bad. It's not going through Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and um, and Ross. Ross, who I know he had a down year, but Ross. I so. mean, either way, it, it, just getting out of your division helps you out a little bit. Yeah. No, I agree. So I, I'll give that a four. It's not higher because I I don't love the head coach. I don't think Rivera is that that special as a head coach. Um, and and I like the enemy, but he's not proven. So I'll go, I'll go Commanders at four. So I think as of the Park to Car game, I got the Panthers as the best landing spot for Derek Carr. Is that your prediction? You going Panthers? Yeah, I think that makes the most sense. Like I'm I said, going, I think I'm, I think Frank Reich. Okay, I'd, I'd put that as my number two. I like the Jets. I think you like the Jets. I think the Jets are going to be able to do Fair it. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. All right, this Jets, is a good game for you. All right. Let's go ahead and pivot to the news. Like I said, Eric Bieniemy is going to be story number one here. So former Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy has accepted the, again, offensive coordinator job uh, for the Washington Commanders. So a lateral move doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Uh, my first thought is, okay, so he wants to go call plays. But I going to a chaotic organization with a... Right now it's Sam Howell or what, Taylor Heineke or, Very, or Carson yeah. Wentz at quarterback? Yeah. Or you could stay with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and win more Super Bowls. I just this feels like a spot where almost like a McDaniels to a you know, to a Belichick where it wouldn't be the worst idea in the world to just be a coordinator. To just be a coordinator. Yeah, to I, just I to see be that. the best coordinator that there is. This almost seems like a very just like individualized move. Like he wants to move up the chain. He wants to, I would assume, head coach someday. Yeah, I, yeah. I feel like that's the end well, destination for every yeah. significant coaching role in the NFL. I agree. Uh, like every coordinator aspires to be a head coach one day, and he's trying to do that for himself. But I don't think in this situation, this is the time. Like even I if you are, more. if you are considering moving. Then go to a better organization. That's better garbage. Organization. That's garbage. Sit at the Chiefs for a while. That's Wait garbage. for that dream offer to come in. Don't just don't go jump at the Commanders because now, now your success as a coach really relies on the subpar talent that's in Washington. Because now, if they go out and suck, it might not even not might it's not going to be on you at all. Zero. So the fact that you're entire destiny now rests in the hands of an unstable team that hasn't really won much at all i mean this is tough you know what you know what really bothers me about this story is now everybody's coming out of the woodworks the fact that yet another african-american coach has not been able to get a head coaching job that's weird D'Amico ryan's lasted on the market for about five minutes yeah i'm just i'm just saying that's weird that's weird D'Amico ryan's was on the market for roughly 37 seconds and got <laughs> swallowed Right, yeah, so I just don't, 100%. I mean, we, we won't have that talk, but I'm just saying, I'm just saying. All right, story number two here. Report out from uh, former Packer reporter Bob McGinn, uh, a well-known guy, used to cover the Packers, all that, uh, that the Packers are, quote, disgusted with Aaron Rodgers and also, quote, that they are done with him and looking to move off him. So, I mean, obviously this isn't right from the team. Uh, former reporter still probably has some ties in the organization. Absolutely has ties. I don't think Look. it's so bad. I, I, I think they probably should move on from him, and I, and I myself am not a huge fan of Aaron either, so 
I kind of get where they're coming from. It, it's getting a bit ridiculous at this point. Go, he's going sitting in the dark. Like I'm just done with it. I'm done with it, and I get Green Bay being done with it. So I, I don't know. What's your two yeah, cents? I mean, look, think about it. Uh, put it into perspective for like your average person. It it work. Yeah. Somebody that you rely on heavily, right? We co own this. Right. I, I rely on you heavily. If right. if for just example, you go off and you're like, look. For the next four days, I'm going to go on a darkness retreat. I'm not going to help out at all with anything. So you got it. And then when I come back, I'm not even sure that I want to do this anymore. That would ruffle some feathers. No matter where you work, no matter who you're working with, that kind of personality is going to be just, it's going to be the downfall. Now throw in a new one. Last year, about a year ago, you go ahead and get new software that we need to to work on for for this podcast. And I said, mm, that's tough. I'm actually going to go drink a hallucinogenic tea instead. <laughs> and when I get back, whenever the software doesn't work exactly how I like it, I'm going to bitch and moan. How's that sound? No, yeah. Because that's exactly what Aaron Rodgers did all last year. That would the be first, the toughest personality to deal with. For the first 10 weeks. It would be the toughest personality to deal with. Story number three here. Chiefs fans, much like Aaron, uh, just, just whining and moaning uh, that their team was was drunk at the parade. Now this um, one is, yeah. Quotes that uh, there are they are not being the best role models. That Andy Reid shouldn't have let it happen. Um, that not even the adult fans wanted to see it. Let me stop you right there. We one hundred percent wanted to see that, like in all of its glory. Are you kidding me? You you think I didn't want to see Travis Kelsey screaming? You gotta fight for your right to paw as he is just like 19 bush lights deep. You don't think I wanted to see that? No, no, no. I 100% wanted to see that. That is exactly what the people came for. Chiefs fans are so soft. They're so soft. If you don't like it, then go root for the Royals. I mean, really. What else do you have? Go root for Missouri football. I mean, I, I I think the St. Louis Blues and the NHL are good. Go root for them. If you if you don't like it, quit bitching and moaning. Go root for somebody else. If they're not good role models for your kids, then how about you go be a good role model for your kid and just tell your kid, hey, that's a sports player, not a role model. Like, how about you show your kid how to live? You show your kid the right and wrong thing to do and let the sports guy who just, I don't know, accomplished one of the only things in his life that he's he's dedicated his entire life to put blood sweat and tears into sacrifice relationships sacrifice time their own body for they finally achieve it and they're gonna have a couple cores lights and you're gonna complain because your kid sees them drink look grow up look it's ridiculous they are not underage they are perfectly legal to drink alcohol to consume an alcoholic beverage okay i'm gonna start with that Number good two. Observe, good observation. Number two. Everybody who's complaining about this, everyone, has yeah. had a couple nights where they got a little too tipsy. Oh, All right. 100%. Got a little too rowdy, no matter what it was. So, let's, let's not be hypocrites. Number three. Do you know how many, what the percentage is of people that win the Super Bowl? 0.001% of people win the Super Bowl in their lifetime. I'm sorry, are we not supposed to celebrate? Are we supposed <laughs> The guy with the Bernie Sanders stickers, he Shake some no. hands, high fives, hey, good job. No, if I win the Super Bowl, I there is going to be carnage behind me because I'm going to have the time of my life, as I you would should agree. when you win the Super Bowl. This is coming from some dude. I, I guarantee some guy in a Subaru tweeted, this is just wrong. Before he drives back to his parents' basement. Me and little Kyle in the back seat is just, we are so upset and disappointed then, then why don't you just keep? Why don't you stay in your car, drive right to Kauffman Stadium, and uh, watch them lose 142 games this year, huh? Yeah. And then let me know how it goes. Okay. How about how? Or, or how about this? How about you win the Super Bowl and then you stay completely sober? Yeah. Do that, because that's not going to work. Let for them you. celebrate, man. It's not going to work for you. Story number four here. <laughs> We're not going to make any more friends. <laughs> Former uh, NFL player Marcellus Wiley has come out in support, I would say, of women. Yeah, support of women, saying that he is not a fan of transgender male-to-female persons um, competing against biological females, you know, from birth females. Um, I'm. Can we can we take a second? Can we can we give him a can we give him a standing o? or at least a round of applause? At least someone said it. At least somebody said it. 
feels good. It's about feels goddamn good. time. We, we have some people it. on our side. It's about goddamn time somebody said it. Um, I couldn't agree more. It's getting a bit ridiculous. So you can be 832nd in the world in uh, college swimming, and then you switch over, and now you're top five. Look, is that how it works? There are obvious biological advantages to people who went that are through puberty as a freaking dude, and then have. You're 23 years old, and then you switch? Higher muscle mass, higher bone density. Literally every important biological piece. For athletes. For for athletics. Yeah. And for excelling, you have the advantage. So I think it's 100% unfair. I don't know why the entire left side here isn't standing up in support of women, because they are getting beat at their own game at this point. It, it, It just... It's... It just doesn't... It doesn't make sense to... I don't understand why we... We try to say, oh, but it's the same. But it's not the same. Like, I don't understand. It isn't. It's I don't, not the same. I don't get it. I don't get it. Just wh- why do we have to make everything perfect and the same, fits in the same bucket, in the same category, and it's everything's perfect? No, there's differences in men and women and people that are in between and choosing and transitioning. All right? You can't there's, even classify because there's a new one every day. There's, there's differences. And if we just embrace the differences... And still treat people with respect, then we're fine. Why do we have to act like there's no goddamn difference? Because we all know there's a difference, and it's getting a bit ridiculous at this point. Marcellus Wiley, thank you for standing up. Yeah, feels good. Feels good. Um, That's all we got for the news. I'm so, fired up. Yeah. Uh, what a that, that was a in your face kind of news segment right there. Uh, but that will close up the second segment when we get back. We will discuss Will Levis, Kentucky quarterback looking to get drafted. How is he going to play in the NFL? Uh, we'll discuss all of that. And then to finish the show, we will have this or that where we go over NFL wide receivers, pick who we would want to start our franchise with right on the other side of the break. What's up? We are back. It is the third segment of the issue here on Thursday with the 23rd, February 23rd. We said that last segment. I forgot it already. Um, so Sorry, I forget it every time. Yeah, <laughs> we have. Uh, we're going to be talking about Will Levis. I'm a bigger Kentucky football fan than most. I had I went there briefly for a little bit, and um, you know I, I've started to follow Kentucky football a little bit more. I've watched Will Levis a lot. Yeah, they are on the rise a little bit, and uh, they've had some good seasons. Projecting him to the NFL, though, is a trickier thing to do. Uh, so I've heard like a lot on Twitter recently. I think I found a comparison. You have a comparison? Yeah, you have a rant to start off this segment. We're going to uh, do that first and then kind of discuss. Um, I have my side. Tim has his side. And then we'll have this or that to finish out the third segment. But yeah, so so I think I found, I think I found the perfect comp. So I'm not really sure, you know, if Will Will Levis is a top quarterback in this draft. In fact, I I really don't know about any of these quarterbacks. I think Bryce Young's a little bit too small. You go look at a picture of him and Kyler next to each other. They're about the same size person. That's really small. That's really small. C.J. Stroud's good, but I I have some worries about you know his ability to actually excel as a passer, but especially with Levis. There's a lot of banter of, oh, he's Josh Allen, and he's he's got Herbert's size in his arm, and okay, that that that's great. Let's relax. Let's find a more reasonable comp, right? And and, and you hear you hear. Oh, but 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 the he's got the mental aspect. Okay, okay, pause. I remember, and I don't know why this name sticks in my head, but I remember it, be, probably because there was so much hype coming out of UCLA. Josh Rosen, I was told that Josh Rosen has the brain of Tom Brady prime Matt Ryan deep ball and like Jay Cutler zing to it. He was downright awful. He sucks so bad. Okay. <laughs> Josh Rosen was terrible. Now granted, I sit here, you know, on my throne per se, saying that he sucks. He's about seven hundred times better of a quarterback than I am. But compared to the NFL level, he was downright bad. Yeah. As Stephen A. Smith said, he's a the man's a bona fide scrub. He cannot play the game of Insert football as opposed to basketball. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so I I like Levis. I think he's going to be a little bit better than Rosen because I think he's got a little bit more it. You know, he can run the football a little bit better. I think he's got a bigger, bigger upside, bigger arm talent. But I I I think it's so reliant upon where he lands, right? And that, and that was so true of Rosen. He landed. What Rosen landed with with the struggling Cardinals with Steve Wilkes as the head coach, who got fired after that season, 
and they moved off both the coach and the quarterback, went to Cliff and Kyler, and, and then look what happened, right? So it wasn't a good situation to be in. So that's the name that keeps pop, popping back into my head when I think of Will Levis. Will Levis, Josh Rose. It just, I don't know why that's named. So, so Levis is in the SEC, which means that's probably the most NFL-ready conference, I would say. Let's look at just his SEC games from his best season. 2021 was his best season. Let's go his, his basically his NFL-style football games, his SEC games. Let's go look at his stats. So eight games, 65% completion percentage. Not bad, actually. 13 touchdowns, eight picks. A lot more picks than I would like. In eight games, that's a, eight picks, a lot of picks. 175 yards per game. And that that's not very good. It's not very good. Less than 200 yards per game. 13 touchdowns, 8 picks. It almost reminds me a little bit of like a Daniel Jones, who even in college with a really good head coach, a really good quarterback whisperer head coach, only completed like 55, 56% of his throws. Let's go look at Josh Rosen in his best season against his 8 best opponents. 61% completion, so slightly less accurate but has a little bit more production. He's going to have 324 yards per game, 16 touch, yeah, 16 touchdowns, 7 picks. It's kind of, kind of the same guy. You're getting about a pick a game. Rosen throws a couple more touchdowns. Again, you're going to get a, about a pick a game. Neither are wildly accurate, but neither are crazy inaccurate. But Rosen was more productive. It, it's just interesting because there's a lot of hype around these guys, but the frame and oh, they have it between the ears. But where's the, where's the actual in college, where's the wins? Where's the, the big-time production? Where's the big-time bowl game success? I don't see it. I just don't see it. I, I, I don't know. You, but you like Levis. Give me your argument for Levis because I don't see it. One, just the size alone, he has what it takes to at least be handed the keys for a season, I think. I think that's fair. Um, I think he he's at least going to get his shot. And it does remind me, like, yes, Josh Allen's stats in college were worlds better. But he was still risky with the football when he was younger. That's he fair. still made a lot of mistakes even year one, year two in Buffalo. Oh, 100%. Um, it took him a while to get going. The measurables are there for Will Levis. And I think that's the one thing that helps him stand apart from the rest of the quarterbacks, at least in his class. Because, like you said, they are all undersized. Right. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing. Look, well, Will's not undersized, but the other two. Right. My my position on Will Levis has always been very realistic. I think he has a high ceiling. I think he could pop. I think he could. He has everything there that he needs to be able to be a great quarterback. He has the size of Josh Allen. He moves like Josh Allen. And he has a cannon arm. You remember that video that went viral on, yeah, was it throwing in, throwing in shorts and a t-shirt. I don't want to hear it. Either I way. I know what you're talking about. Either it, way. It is, it's a good arm. It's a good arm. He has a cannon arm. Uh, yeah, he was risky in college. He made a lot of mistakes. Um, but, but I think playing in the SEC does say something to that. You're throwing against a lot better defenses than a lot of these guys were. That's fair. Um, so I, I think there's an argument to be made that he can succeed and do well in the NFL. I'm not sure what percentage likelihood that is. I'd lean towards he's going to be more successful than he is not. But, I, I mean, I'm trying to stay super realistic here because, I mean, at the end of the day, he didn't, like, put up crazy numbers. They didn't go, right. they didn't go to, like, a big-name bowl game. They didn't really compete through the SEC. Here's what concerns me. He was in a situation that's going to be very realistic to what an NFL situation would be in, right? His his first year, 2021 in, in Kentucky, had a pretty good offensive line, was able to kind of sit back, throw a little bit, had better stats. Offensive line wasn't as good in the second year. Well, a big part well, of it is where he lands. Well, that's what I'm saying. So yeah. you're, you're not going to get a perfect offensive line. He had one good receiver, okay? So what, you're, you're going to get drafted by the Colts. You have Michael Pittman and a bad offensive line. Welcome to Kentucky 2022. Right, it, yeah. it's the same situation, and you just you got to do what you got to do, right? And then a loaded AFC and a loaded SEC, right? So it's like, it's it's so realistic to what the actual real life NFL is. The NFL isn't Patrick Mahomes. Hey, come in, sit for a year behind the best mentor, and then we'll hand you Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and Andy Reid. Like that's just, that's no, not it, that's not the NFL. It could it's, happen every now and then. Yeah, it could. It's but reality, most of the time, it's. Hey, here's Michael Pittman, a rookie head coach. Hopefully it works. A bad offensive line and an aging, expensive defense. Yeah. 
Hopefully, you can win us some games. Impatient owner, by the way, too. Same thing in New York. So he could land himself on the Giants, possibly. If they're going for a rebuild. I don't think the Giants. Now, would. the Saints would be something for him, probably. Maybe. I don't think he'll drop that far. I it's going to be a top. He's going to be a top, like, five or six pick, probably. I don't know. It's we say that all the time, though. And there's always one player that drops. Maybe it's a Levis. Maybe. There's so much time before the draft. We start hearing rumors and more, you know. I'm excited for the mock drafts and everything to come out. Very excited. This is going to be very, a good very one. Very excited. Um, all right. Well, that's all, we, that's all we got for Will Levis right there. Let's go ahead and get into this or that. So, you're going to give me receivers, and I should pick. Which receiver for what, next three years, next five years? Oh, uh, we're going next five. Okay, next five years, right. So if I had, I don't know, a star quarterback, say I have Justin Herbert, I need one receiver to build around from there. That's who I'm going with. All right, all right. Yeah. I like it. So let's go ahead and uh, play this or that. All right, so this is the A.J. Brown edition of this or that. So A.J. Brown or this list, we got okay. eight receivers for the next five years. Who would you want to build your franchise around? Have him be your wide receiver one. Okay. Okay, so starting off, AJ Brown or Jamar Chase? That's a tough one. I'll go Jamar. I think I think Jamar. First of all, what he's able to do route running wise, I think he's a, he's a more precise route runner than AJ Brown. Plus, I think it's a you got to factor in. If I'm factoring in, is it just the receiver skills, or am I factoring that Joe Burrow's throwing to him? If it's not that Joe Burrow's throwing to him, then never mind. But my point is, Jamar's a more refined route runner. I think he can get a little bit more vertical as well. Now I know AJ is a lot better after the catch. Uh, so that's cool. But Jamar Chase has more high-end speed, a little bit better route running, can get a little more vertical. So I'll go Jamar Chase. All right. How about A.J. Brown or Stephon Diggs? That's actually tough. Um, I know they're both wildly talented. I'm going to go A.J. Brown. Uh, I think for the next five years. Look, Diggs can be a little difficult. He, he forced his way out of Minnesota, which, I mean, it's Kirk Cousins. So I, can you blame him? I can't him? say. Right, right. <laughs> And so I, I kind of get that. Um, but I, I think AJ is a little bit more – and I hate talking about somebody like as a teammate. But you saw Stephon Diggs when it got tough in that playoff game. He's over screaming at Josh Allen on the sideline. He's he's giving him the, you know, what's going on. right? Which I, And I like the fire from, you know, like the competitive edge. But let's, let's be a little more refined about it. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to get that type of outburst from an AJ Brown. And I think going next five years – Stephon Diggs has been in the league like seven, eight years already. Mm-hmm. So – Five more years? Yeah, I'll take A.J. Brown. He's younger, a little bit more vertical, can get upfield better, so I'll go A.J. Brown. I think the size and the durability has yeah. something to play in it, especially 100%. at the receiver 100%. position. Yeah. You see a lot of guys just For deteriorate sure. quick. All right, third one here, A.J. Brown or Jalen Waddle. Wow. <laughs> because, dude, Jalen is just like Jaylen now is, starting to pop. Jalen is a really, really talented player. So, like, you look at those next five years. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go slight edge to AJ Brown, uh, kind of for the reasons you said: durability, size. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I think there's something to be said for: hey, it's third down. I got a big dude on the edge where I can just throw it up. Like he's just a big guy, big catch radius, strong hands. Not that Jalen doesn't have a lot of attributes that you like, um, but when push comes to shove, he's covered. I can throw the ball up. AJ Brown is going to come down with it more times than Jalen Waddle, so I'll go AJ Brown. Okay, yeah, oh, well, I, I think Jalen Waddle has possibly the highest ceiling. I was going to say, what are your what are your opinions so far? Given none of yours. I mean, so far, I take I would take Jamar Chase Jamar. over AJ. Uh, I would take. I don't know. I, I'm really leaning Stefan Diggs. I like okay, him. Diggs? I, I, would, right. I would take him over AJ Sorry. Brown, and then Jalen Waddle. You going Jalen? Hmm. You're going. I'm more, yeah, I'm going to go Jalen. Just because I can understand Jalen. You're really going to go Diggs. His upside is so, so. You're going to go Diggs. Yeah. I mean, he's good. He's really good. I agree with you. You, For the next five years, you're going to go Diggs? I don't know. Forces way out. Artie's kind of unhappy. I'd say those are 50 50 for me. All right. Fourth one AJ Brown or Cooper Cup? Ooh, sorry. That's another close one. Um,. See the thing about Cooper Cup. Whenever I watch his games, every even when he's he's breaking records last season, everybody knows on crucial downs they're going to Cooper Cup. There's still plays where there's like nobody within eight yards of him. I don't know how he does it. The way he's able to get separation at the top of the route that always ages well. It's very Jerry Rice esque. Now I know he's not Jerry Rice, but it's very Jerry Rice esque in in the sense everybody know the ball. You know the ball's going to Jerry Rice, of course, but he was always open. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go Cooper Cup slightly. Ooh. I don't think his game is as inhibent upon physicality. 
Now, I know AJ is a little bit more durable than, than say, like a Jalen Waddle, say a Stephon Diggs, but kind of reminds me a little bit of like a Cam Newton where it's like he's so physical that he's going to use his, his frame to his advantage. How long is it going to last? Cooper Cup, craftiness, routes. Um, I'll go Cooper Cup slightly. I'm going AJ Brown. Going AJ Brown? Yeah. I just think. I feel like I'm probably the minority, so I'm not going to sit here and be like, what? The, like, catch, I, I, radius, I get that. the catch radius is better. I would say, dude, I've seen Cooper Cup. I don't know. When AJ Brown plays, he looks it looks effortless. It looks effortless. I don't know. Cooper Cup's pretty damn good. A lot of times, he looks like he's laboring out there a little bit. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm calling bullshit. (laughs) Good. All right, the fifth one here: DK Metcalf or AJ Brown. For me, this is AJ Brown. I don't think it's particularly close. I've seen I've seen DK get wildly flustered with like a Jalen Ramsey, which I know Ramsey's really good, but. DK, you can get his head in a little bit. DK doesn't have the shiftiness that AJ doesn't Brown doesn't quite have the, the the refinement. I don't think he's quite as good after the catch either. AJ Brown, you could throw him a four yard slant, he's gone. Yeah. Uh, so I'll take AJ Brown over DK. That that he he clears pretty easy on that one. Yeah, I agree. Okay, six here: Debo Samuel or AJ Brown. I'm gonna go AJ Brown. Yeah. He, first of all, more durable. Debo's been hurt. I think three out of the four years he's been a starter. Um, but he's still he's really good. He's a really talented player. What you what you're able to do with, with Debo. Out of the backfield is great, um, but the durability is a problem. Especially if I'm going five years out here, and I love that he's able to run the football. But if I'm building a team, I want my wide receiver to be a wide receiver, and I want my running back to be a running back. So yeah. unless I'm Kyle Shanahan, which I'm probably not, then I, I don't really have a have a use for the, the the versatility. So I want the best wide receiver, and that's AJ Brown. Okay, um, I, I agree. I agree with you, but I think this one's really, really close for me. I for just, Debo? Just because, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just because Debo plays the game like no other. It's true. He's different. Um, okay. Seven, A.J. Brown or Justin Jefferson? Justin Jefferson. Pr- pretty pretty handily. I think that's... He's one of the greatest. He's, again, much like a Cooper Cup, where it's like how... Like, we know the ball's going to him. How is he that open? Yeah. Um, like, it, it's, thir- it's third and 11. Where do you think Kirk's going with the football? Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. How is he 11 yards open? Because he's that good. The other thing is when quarterbacks give receivers that high of praise, I saw an interview where they were asking Joe Burrow if he'd rather have uh, Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase. And he was like, well, if Jamar's not sitting next to me, or he's like, if, if Justin Jefferson's in the room and then they ask me about Jamar, I, he's like, I can't pick. I can't uh, pick. Tough. And when they're saying something like that, yeah. I mean, Justin I mean, those Jefferson. those are his boys, yeah. 100%. All right, what do we got? Last one here? Last one here. Now, this is interesting because now, in a couple of years, I would say Jalen's going to get paid. Uh, so probably he might even get paid this year. Who yeah. Knows? Um, he's going to he's gonna get his bag. This is a decision so, that's going to be pretty real. I so think. this is going to be a decision that Philadelphia is going to have to make in the future. A.J. Brown or Devonta Smith? So you asked me this. I mean, we we kind of discussed this a little bit before we you know started rolling. I don't I don't know. Like, Devonta Smith is really good. He I'm going A.J. The, Brown. He won the Heisman for a reason. And and I know the catch radius with A.J. Brown. Devontae Smith has that, too, because he can jump. He's super, I hate the term bendy, but he just contorts to make insane catches. But he's so catches. undersized. He's skinny. He's very skinny. He's very undersized. He looked like he was 130 pounds when I'm he jogged out in the Super I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. You know what? I'll be different. I'll go Devontae Smith. Wow. And also, the game is becoming very speed-reliant, and he's got more speed. So over the next five years, I can see it becoming even more finesse. So it's going to lean into him more than away from him. So I Look. I will slight-edge Devonta Smith. Slight. I could If they kept A.J. Brown and, and kept Devonta Smith, I wouldn't be like, oh, the Eagles are stupid. Like, I could see both sides of the coin here. Mm. Th- that's probably the hardest one for me, to be honest with you. I think so. And doesn't that say something for the Eagles, too? Like, you have two of the best receivers Actually, in football. no, no. A.J. Brown no, is so I'm much going more AJ durable. Brown. I'm going he is AJ so Brown. much more durable. I'm going A.J. Brown. I just, you ever, you ever have to hear yourself say something? And yeah. you're like, no, I'm an absolute idiot. Well, good thing you got the headphones no, on. No, 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 I'm going, I'm going to go A.J. Brown on that one. Yeah, I am. I can't, I can't. Every time he got hit, name. every time Devonta Smith got hit in the Super Bowl, I like I can't held my, my breath that he wasn't going to get back up. I can't put my name out there saying, "Yeah, yeah, I'll take Devonta Smith." I just thought, you know, you're right, you're right, you're right. I'll take Kid Brown. Okay, I'm, glad, okay, we, so, I'm so, glad we cleared that up. So who do we have? So I took 
Uh, you took Jamar, Jamar Chase over A.J. Brown. You took A.J. Brown over Stephon Diggs. And then you took A.J. Brown over Jalen Waddell. Mm-hmm. You took Cooper Cup over A.J. Brown. You c- took A.J. over D.K. Yeah. You also took him over Debo. And yeah. then you took Justin Jefferson. And then and in then the I took end, AJ you Brown. took A.J. Brown after being at war with yourself. For, That's why I took for A.J. for five out, of the, five out of the eight. Is that right? So yeah. I, I took Jamar, Cooper Cup, and, and Justin Jefferson. Yeah. So I yeah. think overall... Makes sense. I think overall, A.J. Brown wins. All right, that's fair. That's fair. A.J. Brown's a solid receiver. All right, guys, that is all we have for you for today's show. Make sure you go to theissuesports.com. Sign up for the newsletter so you're never out of the loop. Always know when we're posting. It comes out every Thursday morning, and then you can catch the uh, the smaller videos on YouTube all week long. But uh, we really appreciate you guys listening. Go follow all the social medias, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. We are everywhere, and you can find the links for all of those different sites in the description of the episode. Wherever you are watching or listening, you can also find it in the description of every single video that you see on YouTube because I type them in there. So go click on them. Go check everything out, guys. And that was the issue.